I just got into this crew of guys that, um, I mean, I, I want to say that most of them were really good dudes at heart. Um, they were great friends, very supportive, uh, very protective of myself, even my family at times. Um, but uh, they just got into some bad stuff. And they getting into bad stuff or them being in bad stuff meant that um, I was invited into that. Welcome to Authentic Conversations. I'm your host, Ryan James Miller, and I believe the way to freedom, fulfillment, and success ultimately comes by living as the most authentic version of yourself. If you're ready to live the life you've dreamed of, you're in the right place. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Authentic Conversations. I am solo today, and uh, the topic of this specific podcast episode is um, around the idea of uh, being um, something that I'm not. Uh, so as uh, if you've been following along so far on season three of, uh, of this podcast, you'll know that uh, really the overarching theme is this idea of brokenness and how past hurt heartache, tragedy, struggle really hinders us from being all uh, that we were created to be, that hinders us from being great, that hinders us from achieving uh, amazing things. Uh, But really at the root of it, it hinders us from being us. And so today I want to talk a little bit about um, something that is really hard for me to talk about. Uh, I've talked about it a, a few different times on other podcasts. I talk about it a little bit uh, in uh, my upcoming book, but it's it's embarrassing uh, to talk about it because it just really demonstrates um, a huge flaw I had in my character for a long time. Um, I think that's what it is. Um, anyway, so, you know... Um, I I guess the easiest way to describe it is, is that for the longest time I overdid things as a way to get attention and as a way to attempt to prove to other people that I was good enough, that I was, um, um, okay to be accepted, that I was worthy to be accepted into circles and spheres and whatever else. And so, as I think about it, and again, I I talk about this quite a bit in my book, but um, so much of this just stems from uh, just a disoriented upbringing, Um, just confusion and struggle around my my dad leaving and um, then being brought up by a single mom that didn't have a lot. And so, uh, therefore... Um, since we didn't have a lot, uh, we didn't get new clothes. Uh, we didn't have cool things, and so there was just a lot of the struggle of a void, uh, um, uh, of of not having uh, as much as other people did, and so it just it, it created a lot of a struggle in my own life. And it's no excuse for the behavior. Um, it just it is what it is. So I just wanted to talk about some of the ways that this came out in my life. Um, uh, before I realized it, and then even after realizing it, just some of the ways that it's continued to to rear its ugly head and and how I have to fight against it. And my hope in sharing this specific 
uh, topic is that you will see uh, maybe some uh, some of these errors in your own life. You will see some of the things that um, that you struggle with in these same ways, and maybe this will uh, either cause you to uh, to to turn uh, to turn around to do better. Um, or uh, maybe this will help protect you or prevent you from making some of the mistakes that I did. Uh, mine uh, really started in high school that I started to, to really make these mistakes, um, but f- some people, they don't start until 30s, 40s, uh, 50s. So when it comes to overdoing it to get attention, I'm sure that you know when I was little or when I was younger, maybe like preteen, uh, things like that, maybe, maybe it, it was present at times, but... I really started to notice this. And the first time that this really came out was in high school. Um, and, and really, um, around my junior year of high school and it involved just getting, uh, getting involved into a crowd of guys. Uh, some were, uh, had been past friends of mine that just ended up in this uh, environment. Um, other people I didn't know, but I became friends with, but, I just got into this crew of guys that, um, I mean, I, I want to say that most of them were really good dudes at heart. Um, they were great friends, very supportive, uh, very protective of myself, even my family at times. Um, but uh, they just got into some bad stuff. And they getting into bad stuff or them being in bad stuff meant that um, I was invited into that. And, you know, uh, I was never a fighter. Um, uh, growing up, I never got into a fist fight until I was in high school. Um, <laughs> around this time, uh, this is my junior year, second half of my junior year. I was scrawny. I mean, I was a uh, six, one, a hundred and probably 50 pounds wet and uh, very little muscle. I was just like a, a skinny guy. And, uh, so I had no business getting into fights, uh, just never had that upbringing or background or anything. But, um, this group of guys, uh, they, they just, they got into fights and, uh, I had two options. I either had the option, well, I guess three, the first option would have been to not be around them at all. Um, but the other two options would have been to just always avoid it, always to be, uh, kind of, um, uh, out in the back, um, away from it all to hide and run, whatever, or to, to get involved. And because I didn't want to not be accepted, uh, I chose to get involved and get into some fights. And um, they never work out well. I, I don't care what anybody says. Uh, you look at, I mean, even professional boxing matches, UFC fights, um, there, there, yes, there's a winner by judge, uh, but everybody always gets hit somewhere they don't like. And always, everybody always ends up walking away with some cut scar, something that they don't necessarily like. Uh, maybe they call it a battle wound, but they would have rather not incurred the wound. Um, and so, uh, that, that happened to me and I bore the scars, uh, and, uh, the damage from being in a few of those fights, um, very rarely one-to-one. It was usually in group settings. One guy would get in, somebody else would jump in, multiple people from both sides are jumping in and then we're all involved. And it was just so stupid because I put myself into such dangerous situations, not being equipped at all to be in those situations, but did it because I was 
trying to be accepted because I wanted to be a part of the crowd, to be a part of the crew. I didn't want to be seen as not cool. Just so ridiculous to even say now. Well, one of those instances, um, one of those fights led to one of the stupidest decisions. And there were a few, one of the stupidest decisions I ever made um, uh, growing up. So we, uh, this group of guys and I, uh, one of the guys that uh, that was in that crowd um, s- scheduled, I guess, uh, to fight this other guy in a park uh, here in my hometown. And so they got into a fight or they fought and um, they fought, fought, fought. I, I don't even re- actually really remember what happened, but at some point in the midst of the fight, um, uh, somebody from the other guy's side, so not not my friend, but from the other side, um, they had brought along with them this group of skinheads. Um, they were just fully, fully in it, like full on skinheads. They were part of a, I guess, a gang, I guess maybe. Um, anyway, so those guys were parading around. Apparently, one of those, one of the guys, uh, later to be known, was uh, quite the criminal. He was a felon. Uh, he had a gun and um, and showed it um, at the park as the fight was coming to an end. The cops got called. Like it was crazy. Anyway, so after that, uh, clearly, um, we we knew that we were in a little bit of a, a of an issue because you know, going back to school, uh, the next uh, week and, uh, that, and can, would continue on. Like, you know, when, when a fight is over, it's usually not over. And so there continues to be animosity. And so there was animosity between our group and that group. Um, and so sure enough, um, one, one day at lunch, just a couple of, uh, uh, about a week later, I think, um, we go to our same spot. We used to go off campus for lunch to a Burger King and, uh, we were in the parking lot and the skinhead guy shows up again and he is just like threatening people. He was cr- absolutely crazy. So I, again, um, uh, was probably more scared than most of my buddies, um, because, that just wasn't my environment, even though I was pretending to be and trying to fit in. And so the next day I brought a gun to school. Um, I want to be clear that this was back in 1995. Um, the gun never made it completely onto campus. Um, I brought it to school. I, uh, had it in a bag, I think, uh, under the driver's seat of my truck, uh, and left it there all during the day. I, I like I don't even know what the point was. I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure it was loaded. Um, I definitely told everybody. I showed a couple people that I had it. Like I could have gotten so much trouble. But I guess the thought was like, if I have a gun and then like something really bad happens or that guy comes back and he has a gun, then then I can do something. Like I would have never done like there was no way I would have ever really done anything, I don't think. It was just like a further step to trying to get involved and to show myself as cool. And it was just like so stupid. And when I think about the implications, the potential implications from the decision that I made that day, and I think that, I don't know if it was only that one day or if it was a few days after that, that I brought it, but I mean, like what an idiot, but it all goes back to this idea that I made that decision because I was trying to fit in. And I was trying to fit in because years prior in my life, when I was younger, 
I was, I, I, at least I felt, uh, and, and didn't even really get it all until later, that I was not accepted. And so, therefore, my, my fight for acceptance uh, led me to make a really, really stupid decision. And I thank God that it didn't turn out any worse than just the fact that I brought it. Um, but it could have gone horrifically bad, whether that was just getting caught with it, um, the police coming, like they're, they're just that side of it would have been really bad. If God forbid something would have happened and I would have taken it out or something like that, that would have been a billion times worse even than that. So, I mean, I'm just like, it's just so stupid, but it just goes to show for me and probably for so many of you, how, uh, how willing we are to go against good wisdom, insight, um, uh, just whatever, because we're trying to be accepted because we've previously been broken or hurt. I wish I could say that that was the end of that. Um, but it wasn't, um, that, um, would lead, I mean, I made many dumb decisions with that crew and that group of people along the way. But then, uh, a, a few years later, um, after I had my first serious girlfriend, um, uh, and then we broke up, we were together for a couple of years. Then I went on this, like, um, I'm trying to figure out the right way to say this and not just like uh, get in trouble or get flagged or something. But, um, I just started hooking up with a lot of different girls and, you know, some people would say, oh, he was sowing his oats or that, oh, he's just a young guy. I think I was like 19 to 20, just before I met my wife. So 19 to about 21, just at past 21. Um, and sure, I mean, immature, idiot kid, you know, part of that was just testosterone and stupidity. But there was this other part of it that was an underlying component that was me, again, showing everybody that I was cool, that I was good enough, that um, I should be accepted because I can get girls. And, and again, I just think to myself, like, what an idiot I was for, 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 for doing that, like for, um, treating girls that way. Um, whether, whether they cared or not, like I, I shouldn't have done that. I knew better than that uh, for putting myself into those situations for exposing myself to, um, what could have been a terrible outcome of, of one kind or another, whether it would have been a STD or an unwanted pregnancy. I mean, like there were just so many bad things that could have happened as the result of that. Um, but again, all I was really focused on, again, like I, the pleasure side of it for sure, but then also was everyone's going to see me doing this and everyone's going to see that I can get girls and that I'm cool. And, 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 and the more attention that I got around that, the better that made me feel, the more, more, more um, confident or accepted that made me feel. So it just perpetuated the problem even farther. And that's actually a really hard one because fast forward to today and it's kind of a joke, but uh, my wife was the exact opposite of me, um, in, in that regard. And so, you know, every once in a while, 
I'll be sitting around with people, uh, having conversations about just you know, topics like that, and something will get brought up um, about um, part, you know, multiple partners or whatever. And kind of the joke that my wife makes is something to the effect of, "Oh yeah, that was Ryan. Like he was the one that did that." And she's joking, and and you know, obviously, you know, she doesn't mean any ill by it. Um, though I know it, it bothers her, and rightfully so, it should. Um, but it hurts to hear it, and I wish I could take all of that back. But I was so overconsumed by the need to fit in that I didn't think about what the long term ramifications were going to be. And again, like um, while the STD or the pregnancy would have been. Uh, very difficult in, in obviously very different ways. Like the emotional scar that I bear um, in some ways will never go away. Um, fast forward even, you know, a, a little bit farther along, not too long after I was 21. And man, my like uh, 17 to 21 and a half a year old range was just, I, I lived five lifetimes, it felt like. And, and when you read my book, you'll, you'll see that a lot of my life takes place, or a, a lot of um, heavy stuff takes place during that period of time. Um, anyway, so uh, another thing that happened shortly after I turned 21, and then even for a few years early into my marriage, uh, was um, just a addiction to gambling and spending money and uh, just irresponsibly spending money, I should say. Um, it got so, so bad uh, at periods of time. And again, um, I remember uh, shortly after I turned 21, I uh, we went out to Laughlin. Uh, that's where we spent a lot of time um, uh, growing up or, or in my late teens and then early 20s going to the river uh, out there, Lake Mojave, and then uh, going to the casinos once we turned 21. And there, there was a lot of partying and a lot of fun there and um, with me and my buddies, uh, with my wife. Um, but man, I remembered uh, once I was first able to start gambling, I just loved playing blackjack and I loved playing craps. Blackjack more so because uh, the odds are a little better, no, quite a bit better than craps, uh, but also because uh, all my friends played and so we would just play for hours and hours and hours. And we had so much fun. And so there was a lot of fun there, but also I did so much damage. And the damage was really done um, in the fact that I always had to overdo it. I always had to spend more money. And as I look back on that, a big part of it was to show everybody else that I could spend a lot of money. And that is just so absurd. I mean, when I think about all the money I spent trying to prove to other people that really didn't care because they either already liked me or never would, um, trying to prove to other people that I was good enough to be accepted or that I was cool. And, and instead of blowing all that money there, if I would have invested that money into my life, into my marriage, into our house, into true investments, uh, we would be in a far different financial position now in our life. And instead, uh, the gambling didn't necessarily do it, but uh, we lost our house uh, and uh, just lost a lot of other stuff. And that was, so much of that was built upon this idea that I was trying to prove to other people that I was something. 
what that was, I don't even know. But uh, it was just to prove to other people that I was something. And there was just so much irresponsibility uh, in my life and so many just irrational, idiotic decisions and actions, all because I was trying to prove to other people that I was something. And I think a lot of that did stem from uh, my parents' divorce, but it's not my parents' fault for divorcing. It's my fault for being an idiot. And it's my fault for not addressing that sooner. I don't know how I would have, um, but I know there was probably resources out there available for me, and I just chose to do otherwise. Even when I started to notice struggles, um, I just avoided them. Um, I probably just buried them and made more stupid decisions as the result of it. Thank God, um, through just the um, the pit of my marriage struggles, through coming to faith in Christ, I definitely woke up to a lot of that, the reality of all of that, and first and foremost, who I am, um, and um, then beyond that, um, what was right and what was good, and how to make good decisions. And so I'm super thankful for that. But even today, I, I notice at times there's a tendency for me to get drawn back into that. Um, I'm very fortunate to be in the position that I'm in today. I'm very fortunate to have um, a level of, um, uh, in a microcosm of the, of the communities that I'm a part of, notoriety, um, success. I have a great platform um, to to speak, uh, whether it's on this podcast or through some social media channels like LinkedIn and Instagram, and you know have some decent followings there, and uh, in in the industries and communities that I'm a part of, and get to go speak professionally in those arenas, and I'm well liked by a lot of people, and and so that's great, and I'm super thankful for that. But that doesn't mean that I still don't struggle from time to time, uh, wanting more. Uh, wishing for more. And some of that is its own struggle, just wanting wanting more than I already have, maybe a lack of gratefulness at times. But another part of it is just that old sense of trying to prove myself rearing its ugly head. And the two ways that I feel like it comes out most often, one of these will be very apparent. Uh, the other one, or very obvious when I say it, the other one, um, maybe not so much but I'll, I'll share that one first. So one of the ways that I feel this comes up from time to time is uh, getting into group trash talk. Um, I don't know that ladies do this. I'm sure they probably do. Uh, but for, uh, for guys, a lot of times you get into those group settings and guys just like to trash talk trash on each other, like to each other's face. It's not behind the back most of the time. Um, it's right to their face. And it's, you know, starts off by just giving people a hard time. Uh, then it kind of, you know, gets a little bit harder, takes some deeper digs, starts to kind of cut people to the core. And I don't want to be a part of that. I try so hard to... Uh, disassociate myself with people that do that. I try so hard to to avoid conversations like that. But every once in a while, I feel myself getting sucked back in when it's happening. And I think w there's probably two reasons why it happens. Again, there, there's the root cause that I've talked about. But I think the two reasons are uh, because um, 
When you cut somebody else down for a second, at least, it makes you feel better about yourself. And secondly, um, it's just about part of being a part of the crowd and part of the crew. And it's hard to stand up uh, for yourself when, uh, when that stuff happens, to speak out against it uh, in, in a group of people that you're friends with. And so I get sucked in from time to time. And I thank God I'm able to catch myself pretty quickly and, and pull myself back out because I don't want to be that and I don't want to be known for that. And the other one is still spending money. I've gotten a lot more wise about finances. I'm a lot more aware of uh, ways to rightly spend and to not rightly spend. You can ask my wife that while I do tend from time to time to make a big purchase, um, that I do have a lot of hesitation around uh, spending money now. Um, at times, it probably frustrates her a little bit that she's like, yeah, no, we're good. You know, go ahead, go ahead. And, and I won't. And then I want to. And then I won't. And then I want to. And she's like, dude, just, just get over it and buy the dang thing. She probably gets tired of me just talking about it. But anyway, um, sometimes, you know, I want the newest, latest, greatest, coolest thing because I want the newest, greatest, latest, coolest thing. But other times, it's because somebody else has it. Or it's because... I want something better than somebody else has. And again, it's, it's just that just ridiculous, ridiculous uh, belief that I have to have these things or do these things in order to be something. And so again, thankfully, I have learned. Uh, thankfully, I, I know a lot of times when I get into those environments, when I get into those settings, when I get into those patterns, what's coming next, and I'm able to prevent them from happening or stop them from they get too bad before they get too bad, uh, but not always. And so again, I, I just think it's really important for, for me to share this for a few different reasons. Uh, first of all, uh, I want to continue just to be as open and transparent as possible, sharing with you the things that I have struggled with and at times do struggle with and what that looks like and how I process it. But also I want to help you. Um, you know, I, I preach this message as often as possible to be authentic, uh, to be the man, to be the woman that God has created you to be. That doesn't mean that we don't desire to improve, uh, that we don't desire to be the best version of that person. But it does mean that we, um, we understand that uh, we are made for, with infinite worth and value from the moment that we are created by God. And no amount of, no purchase, no amount of money spending, no fighting, no, no group acceptance is ever going to change that. Definitely not for the better or for the worse. And so I just, I want to remind people, I want to help you listening today to know that you don't have to do anything to be something. You already are all that you need to be, especially in the eyes of God, which is the, the person that matters the most. There's nothing that matters more than how God sees you. Um, so hopefully me sharing some of this stuff will help you to kind of pick up on some of the things that you're struggling with. Maybe a past wound or hurt is causing you to act, uh, to be, to say uh, things that you're not proud of, that you actually don't desire to be. But when you get backed into a corner or put into a situation, that's kind of what comes out. And so hopefully you can process that a little bit better uh, after, after listening to this. 
Um, and if you have any thoughts, if you have any questions, if there's something that you're struggling with and you, you're like, man, I think I'm struggling in this area, but I just, I don't even know where to go or what to do with it. Uh, my encouragement to you is to reach out to me. Uh, you can DM me on any of the social platforms that are out there. You can email Ryan at ryanjamesmiller.com. You can text 714-202-9402. And I would be happy to chat with you, uh, just to try and help you kind of think through process even, um, just what, what you're dealing with and maybe why you're dealing with it. Ask you some pointed questions and see if maybe that helps out. Well, that wraps up this solo episode of Authentic Conversations. Again, uh, you know, this idea of overdoing it to get attention, overdoing it to be accepted. I think that it's probably far more prevalent than we would like to admit. Um, but if I'm the only one, then I guess I'm the only one. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen for your support. If you like this uh, podcast episode, I encourage you to write a review uh, where you uh, where you podcast. I'd encourage you to share this uh, with a friend through shoot them a text and copy the link and send it to them. Share it on social media. Uh, I really want to encourage you to get this word out as we continue to talk about brokenness and wounds uh, and the things that are hindering us from being uh, the as great as we can possibly be. I want this message to spread far and wide because I want to see more people uh, live as the men and women that God created them to be in this world. There is much more greatness to be had. Thank you so much. Can't wait to share another episode episode with you guys really, really soon. Take care. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Authentic Conversations. If you are ready to live the life you've dreamed of, I'm here to help. Head to ryanjamesmiller.com slash podcast to begin your journey. And if this episode impacted you in any way, pay it forward by sharing it with someone you know. I'm Ryan James Miller, and I'll see you next time on Authentic Conversations.